we would love to hear from you what the Lord is doing in your life or have seen in others. Write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 407-624-9957. We at The Millennium Beat are looking forward to hearing what the Lord is doing in your life. Remember that The Millennium Beat is helping people share their stories. On today's show, I have back with me on the phone, Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania. We like to get together at least once a month and talk about what the Lord is doing in these days. So on this show, we talked about what the Lord has imparted into him, how to stay strong during these trying times, and know the difference between the real thing and the counterfeit. Now on to our show. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Thanks for joining us today. You have tuned into the right place. This is the Millennium Beat, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. I'm your host, Kevin James, and I happen to have on the phone with me, Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania. Ryan, thanks for joining us again on the Millennium Beat. Hey, buddy. I'm excited to be here again. Yes, thanks for having me. Again, yes. You're one guest <laughs> that I would love having back many times because, you know, God is new every day, I think. Amen. Yes, yeah, so. he is. <laughs> so on that, being new, uh, we, we, we've talked. Yeah. We try to catch up, you know, what's going on in, with God and us and people and every, mm-hmm. kind of once or every couple of weeks or every month or so. So it's been a little while. Yeah. So I'm sure the Lord hasn't stopped talking to you. So what's he saying nowadays? Well, well Kevin, he's saying a whole lot. So I will try to make, uh, I'll, I'll try to put a few things uh, and uh, just release it. But yeah. Um, God has been doing some amazing things. We've been seeing God do some fun, fun things. And it's like the un- my understanding of Him, like the, my understanding of who He is, like the eyes of my understanding just continues to be opened, and my understanding of Him continues to expand um, as I just get caught up in encounters with Him. And as He manifests Himself, again, my understanding of Him is you know, I think of the disciples having a front row seat to the miraculous that was done through the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. Right. And uh, their their eyes of understanding were literally open before Ephesians one eighteen was talked uh, was written. You know, Ephesians one eighteen, I believe it is. It says that the eyes of your understanding were being lightened, and and um, I believe the disciples' understanding of who Jesus was continued to expand, continued. To you know, their understanding of him continued to grow as he just continued to manifest himself uh, in, in front of them. And my heart, man, recently has been, I've been groaning to grow in just my understanding of him. And just, I'm groaning to just grow in encounters. Like, uh, this has been my prayer. This is something that I haven't really talked to many people about. But, man, like, I just want the reality of heaven to be enlarged in my mind and in my heart. And my, you know, my heart is, I don't want to plateau. I want to continue to grow, you know, in maturity and revelation and understanding. And I feel like that's one thing that the God, that that God is doing in this season is he's growing his church. He's maturing the church. 
And I really believe that as the church positions themselves um, uh, in front of the Father and seeks Him uh, and, and longs for Him and seeks the kingdom and seeks His righteousness, um, I just see Him pouring out revelation and manifesting Himself where we encounter Him. And out of that, the, our eyes of understanding are being enlightened. Are being enlightened. Um, our understanding of Him is expanding um, because our experiences are growing with Him. And I really believe that God is just pouring out over those who have positioned themselves uh, in just seeking Him. And, and I feel like God is taking this time, like never before, to just grow the church. I feel like it's a time for the church to grow up. And uh, for me, you know, my heart is like, God, I don't want to plateau in the anointing and revelation. Um, so, so God, I'm going to continue to expose myself to the Spirit. I'm going to continue to the Spirit. I'm going to continue to seek you, God, in your kingdom. And when that happens, Kevin, virtue is poured out. I, I, I think, and, and it's out of that virtue, that power, the um, Holy Spirit being poured out into our lives where we encounter him and out of that encounter, our experiences grow, our understanding grows. Um, it's kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. She presses through the crowd. I think, I, I feel like with the woman with the issue of blood, when she presses through this crowd and touches the hem of Jesus's garment, virtue comes out of Jesus and heals her. I really believe that is a perfect picture of Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. For 12 years, she focused on the problem, but in one day, she shifted her perspective. She sought Jesus, touched Jesus with her hunger. Come on, her hunger drove her to touch Jesus, and virtue comes out of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit overtakes her, uh, just removes from her her issue, and puts on her the delight and the desire of God. And so I really believe, like never before, we as the church need to expose ourselves to the Spirit of God by seeking out the Spirit of God daily. And as we seek Christ, as we seek His kingdom, Holy Spirit's going to be poured out over us and our problems melt uh, and fade away. But I really believe He starts to close us and wrap us in revelations of Him through those encounters. Because watch this, you encounter what you seek. And, and I really believe, I believe that because uh, Proverbs eight seventeen it says, God says, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Right. Find me there. Find me there. In uh, the Hebrew, find there means um, they'll encounter me. They'll encounter me. So you encounter what you seek. So I really believe God's bringing the church into a place of hunger. Not starvation, but a place of hunger. Right. And I believe out of that place of hunger, we lay before the Lord. We humble ourselves before Him. We surrender ourselves to Him. And I really believe the greatest way to exalt God in our life, the greatest way to exalt God in our perspective and exalt God in our heart is to submit, to surrender to Him in life. Mm -hmm. And so when we submit and when we seek and when we surrender our time to Him, I really believe he pours himself out over us and our eyes of understanding are enlightened. Our understanding of who he is grows. Right. And I really believe that's what the Lord wants to do. I, I feel like he wants 
just to pour out revelations over us. And, and, and he wants our souls, I believe, to inhabit things that exist, but in the spirit, he wants to bring our minds and he wants to bring our hearts into those things. I feel like this is a season that God wants the church to inhabit things that up to this point in this time, in this hour, up to this point, we haven't inhabited it. It's been uninhabitable. Uh, We haven't inhabited it. We haven't stepped into it. But I believe the Spirit of God wants to bring us into that. That's why we need to seek God. That's why we need to lay before Him and surrender so that He can be exalted and He can exalt elevate us into those things that up to that point has been uninhabited. But God wants us to inhabit those things in that season. And I want to take a break so you can interject, but I need to share this because um, I I, I feel like, man, because I've been seeing encounters just grow in my own life, my own personal time with the Lord and on the road, um, the encounters people are having are just breathtaking. And I love this because people are, they're inhabiting, they're being brought into something. The Lord is cultivating something in them. They always possessed it, but God's cultivating it in them. They're inhabiting it. They're changing because of it. And I really believe that this is just a picture of what God is doing in the church. He's cultivating uh, uncultivated places, and he's bringing the church into something that always existed, but they currently didn't inhabit it, uh, steward it, become it. Um, you know, Jesus and his disciples, uh, Jesus takes them into the wilderness. This is a revelation I've been stuck on for a while. He takes his disciples into the wilderness, and he says, okay, come and rest a while. Now, here's what's really cool, okay? I forget the address, but it's in there. I know it's in the book of Mark. He takes the disciples into the wilderness. There's even places where Jesus is in the wilderness praying, okay? It's a certain place, a special place. Wilderness in the Greek means an uninhabited place, okay? But it also means an uncultivated place. Jesus would always use parables, an earthly story, to communicate a spiritual heavenly concept, right? I believe he also used illustrations. Like he had pastors, I know Pastor Charlie Coker is good with illustrated sermons sometimes, and mm-hmm. others are really good at this. Um, uh, one of the preachers I used to love to listen to when I was a Church of God boy was Michael Rowan, a great dynamic youth speaker and speaker just for diverse of ages and uh, cultures and, and whatnot. But Michael Rowan would use a lot of illustrated sermons. Um, but anyways, Jesus took them into the wilderness, and I believe, okay, wilderness meant in the Greek, so they knew it, an uninhabited place or an uncultivated place. I believe he used the natural, the physical wilderness as um, the backdrop. He used it as an illustrated sermon to communicate where he was taking them in the Spirit. And I'll explain, and I really believe this applies to today. Mm-hmm. Jesus takes them there, and he says, go and rest a while. I believe they went into a place of rest with Jesus that up to that point, they never inhabited. And Jesus takes them to an uninhabited place, an uncultivated place, and use that as a backdrop, use that as an illustration to say, I'm going to cultivate rest in you. I'm going to cultivate the kingdom kind of rest in you. I'm going to 
I'm going to cause you to inhabit um, a rest in the kingdom that's yours. I want you to possess it. I want you to become it. I want you to experience it. I'm going to cultivate that kind of rest in you. And he used an uncultivated place to show them actually what, okay, listen, you've lived your life and this kind of rest was uncultivated. Uh, uh, it was a, a rest that you haven't inhabited up to this point, but today you're going to inhabit it. Today I'm going to cultivate it in you. Okay. And I love this because first Corinthians three, nine, it says that we're God's field. We're God's building. Field in the Greek there means a cultivated field or a field that's being cultivated. And so I love how Jesus brings them to a place that meant uncultivated. Here's a Greek definition of wilderness, okay? It means um, a wife that is neglected by her husband. We're Christ's bride. Christ is our husband. Jesus will not neglect us. He'll not overlook us. If there's something that needs to be cultivated in us, he's going to pay attention to it, he's going to address it, and he's going to confront it. And I really believe that's what's happening in the church today, uh, that he's, he's, God is wanting to cultivate things. Um, uh, he wants to touch the untouched places. He wants us to confront the places that we, up to this point, haven't confronted. He wants to cultivate in us. He wants us to inhabit. He wants us to behave. He wants us to become certain things that up to this point, you know, was uninhabited, uh, uh, lacked our presence. And I really believe he's bringing the church's attention to it and bringing us to it because he's a good husband. Jesus is a good husband. He's not going to neglect his bride. And I really believe he wants to bring his bride uh, into places that he wants to cultivate us, uh, cultivate in us things that have been uncultivated. And I really believe out of our surrender, out of our humility, the potter's hands are able to cultivate, mold those things into us that at, at the, at, up to this point have been, um, you know, uncultivated. And, and so I, I'm saying that word a lot because I really feel like that this is a season of cultivation. This is a season of God bringing perfection, God bringing holiness, God stirring things up and saying, come and enter this, come and step into this. Come and become this, uh, because and man, and, and it takes our surrender, our submission for Him to really brand our hearts with that. And um, and 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 so He's looking for clay. He's looking for people that say, "Listen, here I am, Lord. I do lack that, but I want to inhabit that characteristic trait. I want that to become my new norm. I want this to become my behavior now. Cultivate this in me. Cultivate it. And and, and it's not just purity and holiness." Like, Lord, yeah, there's rest I need to enter. There's peace I need to enter. There's joy I need to enter. And I really believe basically all of those things and more are things that God wants to cultivate in the church, but he can only cultivate them in a humble church, a surrendered church. And so this is a season of cultivation, but I also believe this is a season of extreme humility. But the church needs to come into a great place of humility. We need to stop trying to be the shepherd and we need to become the sheep that are led by the shepherd. And I really, that's what I sense. That's what I see. Um, God wanting to cultivate the things in us that up to this point we've lacked. Come on for the disciples. It was rest for us. It could be rest. It could be joy. It could be peace. I believe this is a season. I'll stop with this and, and hear your heart and we can talk about it. I believe this is a season God's ushering us in through his spirit 
He's ushering us in where we're going to inhabit victories that maybe we thought were uninhabitable, unreachable. I I believe this is a season that the church is being ushered into uh, things uh, that God wants us to inhabit, you know, victories, a purity, a joy, a peace. Uh, Because those are things that he wants to cultivate in us, but he can only cultivate those in a humble church, a surrendered church. Mm. And that's what I'm sensing. And, and, And I just think it's cool that he takes them to an uninhabited place to show them there's a rest that they, that was uninhabited mm. that he actually wanted them to inhabit. Uh, he took them to an uncultivated place to show them this rest hasn't been cultivated in you up to this day, but I want this rest to be cultivated in you today. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what God is communicating and speaking and declaring to the church right now. I want to cultivate things in you. Yeah. One of the things I like about what we do on this particular show, it's not as an interview type of thing. It's more of, okay, what is Holy Spirit saying and stuff like that? And we kind of leave it, you know, you have whatever's the Lord's leading on your mind at the time. And we'll talk about that. And when we don't have an agenda, we don't have a topic, you know, just other than what the Holy yeah. Spirit is telling you at the moment. But while you were speaking, the Lord was showing me some things and, and he says, we need to be working on our stand. Um, today in society is a little crazy. COVID-19 is still going um, in the world. It's not completely eradicated yet. You know, school yeah. is a little bit back in, in, in our state. I always just started yesterday. Um, you know, stores are still you mask requiring mask and they're still testing and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Things are going on. But so the Lord wants us to talk a little bit and I'll, I'll show you, share with you what he said. And then I'm going to open up the floor to you and see what you have to say. Working on our stand. And he's also saying our foundation, is it built on sand or is it built on rock? And also he gave me an analogy of down the street from my office. They're building a school They're You know, the other school is like 50, 60 years old. So they're replacing it. I don't know what it's called, but they're actually um, banging it, bang, bang into the ground, the pylons. And uh, it's like all week long, all we hear is bang, bang, because they're building the foundation. They're digging it deep into the bedrock so the building can withstand whatever comes its way. Um, He also said, the Lord has said, we need to get our sea legs, you know, when you're out in that boat. So you can Mm -hmm. actually, there's going to be craziness that happens in this world whether it's major craziness or a little craziness, we're going to have craziness in some sort um, at mm-hmm. the times of uncertainty, you know? So there's people listening. What would you have them say, or what would you say to them? I should say um, to deal with uncertainty times and on that concept sure. of what we're talking about building a, um, a better foundation, more on the rock, yeah. not the sand. What would you say to them? Yeah. I focus on what matters the most, and that's Jesus. That's the heart of God, right? That's the Word of God. Um, because the enemy would love to distract us because uh, and, and, he wants to take away from the promises of God. Uh, focus on the promises of God and, and know he's faithful uh, to execute those promises, to fulfill those promises. Um, but the enemy would love to distract us with opposition because he wants to displace us. See, when God speaks, it stirs an expectation us in us, and this expectation position us, positions us to receive from the Lord. The enemy knows that, so he's trying to bring opposition. He's trying to get us caught up with what we see so that it creates fear. Fear displaces us. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and 
we're not then positioned in the place of expectation to receive from the Lord. So I would encourage us to really focus on what matters the most. I love this because I use this story a lot, but it's one of my favorite stories. When Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, there's a storm that comes. Listen, the Sea of Galilee was known for storms, okay? Storms were going to happen. Storms happened before um, that day. Storms happened that day. Storms happened after that day, right? right? Jesus really cultivated in them. After he rebuked the storm and calmed the sea, he spoke to them and enlarged their faith. He said, oh, you have little faith. He challenged them. He stirred them. He manifested himself in such a way in the midst of the storm that I believe stirred them um, uh, and stirred their faith that, man, I want to act like that next time. You know, I don't want to act out of fear. I want to act in faith. And I really believe that's what's happening right now is there's a lot of fear and we need faith. You know, we hear a lot of people saying faith over fear. So we need to keep our eyes on the Lord, seek the Father, remind ourselves of the Word, declare the Word, fall in love with the fact that God's love never fails. Trust that. Believe that. You know what I mean? Um, You know, believe that the faith that you have in a Word that came out of God's love for you, you're not going to, you're not going to fail having faith in that word, uh, because that word's not going to fail because that word came from love and love never fails. You know, renew your hope in these kinds of things and, um, stir faith and seek the heart of God. Speak, focus on what matters the most. Jesus wasn't so obsessive or the strong ceasing as he was the faith of the disciples increasing. That's what he wanted to cultivate in which, uh, in in them. And so seek the heart of God so that the presence of God, the virtue of heaven, can deal with the problem, but also establish in you the things that really matter the most to the Father. And that's what I really believe God's wanting to do, is cultivate a greater faith in us, cultivate a greater peace in us, but see, the enemy's trying to throw all this opposition at us, and his goal is for us to be distracted so that we're displaced. Uh, I would say stay, you know, like you said, stand, and and when all you can do is stand, stand, and press in, even when it doesn't look like pressing in is working. Pray, even when prayer doesn't seem like it's working, because you will get breakthrough. Seek the heart of the Father, and virtue will be poured out of the Father's heart for you, and he will cultivate a victory you'll inhabit victory but more than that he'll cult- as you seek his heart he'll cultivate uh faith he'll cultivate and that's what jesus did with his disciples through his demonstration and through his correction he cultivated in them a deeper level of faith that up to that point they didn't inhabit and it was clearly seen how they uh, based off of how they responded to the storm and so i i seek the heart of God and, and surrender to God and say, God, I don't understand, but I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I pray. I seek you, Lord. I declare. I hold my ground. I, I'll, I'll, you know, of course, do what you tell me to do, and I'll faithfully do it and, and not get distracted and not be lured away. I stay focused, Lord. I do this, even when it doesn't seem like it's working. And, and it's out of that obedience blessing come. It's out of that seeking. It's out of that persistency. Breakthrough really comes. And, and, and know this, that God isn't just wanting to cultivate a victory. Because that's what Jesus did when he reduced the storm. Right. He doesn't want to just cultivate a victory in your life. He wants 
flesh. I keep a level of rest and faith that even when the storm still rages, you're in a place of faith, you're in a place of faith. Right. And you're in a place of rest. And so, so that, I feel like God is cultivating in the church what really matters the most. And yes, victory in us matters the most. But can I tell you, like, victory in our ignorance, victory over our ignorance is what matters the most to God right now. He wants our eyes to, to, to see what we ignored for so long. And, 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 and you know, victory over our um, unbelief, victory over, you know, things that are unholy and righteous, like, those are the things God wants us to have victory in. Those are the victories God wants to cultivate in us. And I believe He cultivates that kind of victory, um, like victory of ignorance. He cultivates that kind of victory by cultivating in us faith, awareness. And I believe that's what God's doing in this hour. Cultivating the most. So, how do we have that cultivate in us? Exposure. Expose yourself to the presence of God daily. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Uh, get you know. Uh, don't be satisfied on living on yesterday's manna. You know, because listen, my groan has been to grow, uh, and and so I'm positioning myself. I'm exposing myself to God first because exposure is a great teacher. But then I would surround yourself with people that can sharpen you, so uh, and encourage you. Um, and really surround yourself with people that are strong in something that you're weak so that you can be elevated to their strength by humbling yourself in front of those godly people so God can then use them to exalt you into a strength that they were not supposed to occupy alone, but your presence is supposed to inhabit it as well. You know what I mean? So, so, so surround yourself with godly people that challenge you to focus on God that their language, what's coming out of them is faith and truth, because what's going to happen is God will use them to cultivate faith in you and encourage um, in you and peace in you and joy in you. So, so there's so many things you can do, but there are two very important things. Um, exposure, you know what I mean? Um, don't expose yourself to a familiar place because that will stunt your growth. Uh, expose yourself to challenging things because that's what will really promote the greatest growth in you. And that, um, and that's what God will use to cultivate a greater depth in you. And that's what I really feel God is saying in this season. I want to cultivate a greater depth in my church, a greater maturity. And we need to honor that word right now. And we need to humble ourselves before him and expose ourselves to him and seek him. But then seek out godly counsel. There's so much wisdom in the multitude of counselors, the Bible says in Proverbs. And so community is very important. Being unified is so important. Humility is so important because these are the elements that I really believe God uses to help cultivate his desires in your heart. One of the things the Lord was saying to me while you were talking was know the master, not the imitation. Okay. And, yeah. it, and it reminded me of a bank, um, how they teach you how to under, not understand, but to know, um, be able to tell the difference between a, a rail bill and a counterfeit bill is they actually make you handle rail bills constantly handling it, going through it. And then you get to t feel and know that as soon as you touch a counterfeit bill, you kind of, you know, instantly, Hey, something's wrong with this. This is not right. Yeah. That's how they teach you. They don't give you counterfeit bills, a bunch of them. They give you a all the good stuff, 
and then a bad stuff, bad one pops in there and then you can catch it. It's so a lot of times on our walk, the Lord is saying, no, me, because when there are times that people, and we know in scriptures, there's going to be a time that people are going to say, I am the Christ. And, and if you don't really know who he is, or you've only heard him, or you've only read about him a little bit, you're going to be easily deceived thinking that he is the Christ or they are the Christ. Sure. I, I, I think, and I think, okay, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just going to interject go here inject. and just say, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, th- this is a. I've said this before somewhere, but this is like the sons of Issachar season, like that. That I think we need to operate in just in life, and that is they discern the time and they knew what to do. Right. And I really believe that using this cultivating thing here, God wants does want to co- cultivate in our minds and in our hearts. Um, the reality of who he is so that we can spot the counterfeit, the imitation, the, 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 the lie versus the truth. Like you're saying, uh, I know that's not God because I know him personally. Type right. thing. And I also believe that God is wanting to cultivate. He wants our minds to inhabit in this season, creative ideas, insights and direction that, that can turn things around within church, within communities, within this region, our region within America, you know, because I'm never saying turn a deaf ear to what's happening around us. God wants to see this political mess cease, uh, these riots cease. He wants us, you know, to stand up and be a light in the midst of all of this darkness. He wants to see the virus crushed. We need to pray against it. But I, I really believe that he wants to cultivate in the church things um, that, that like out of prayer, like, cause like Jesus is in that wilderness praying. And I think it's in that place of prayer in the wilderness. He inhabited in prayer with the spirit of God. He inhabited the things of God in his mind and in his heart. And then he went and did the Bible says, you know, I, I love this, you know, don't just be here, but be a doer. Jesus says, I can only do what I see and hear of my father. Um, there was no other option for Jesus. I think. Right. All of that to say, that I believe that God wants to cultivate in us creative ideas that will shift culture, mm. shift environment, shift the situation. And, and, and he wants to, uh, yeah, he wants us to discern what's going on. That's the counterfeit. But instead of bringing up just the problem and staring at the problem, um, here's what to do. And he's going to cultivate those answers in a seeking. I'm going to say this. And cultivate those answers and those creative ideas and strategies and cultivate them in the bride that seeks him in the bride that says, I'm willing to carry it. I'm willing to labor for it. I'm really, I'm willing to be like Jesus and only do have no other option. I, I'm willing to do what it is that you're speaking to me to do and what you're telling me to do. You've given me the seed so I can sow. I'm going to sow it. You know what I mean? And so, that's the season that we're in, man. Like never before, God wants the church to become more sensitive to His voice. Right. And I think, like you were saying, it comes back to hanging out with His voice, mm-hmm. spending time with Him, seeking Him. Well, how do I hang out with His word? How do I hang out with His voice? Hang out in His Word. Right. And then, when you're praying and you intentionally listen for His voice, you'll know Him, and you'll know the voice, His voice above all the other chatter that might try to creep in in that secret time of thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what God is saying right now. Um, 
I really appreciate talking with you. Why don't we close with, um, you have any last statement that there's really, that we didn't get to that the Lord's pressing on you? If not, then let's go and just to pray for people and then we'll close from there. So Yeah, let me just say this. You know, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? But he continued his story with others. And why I'm saying that is God wants to continue his story with us. Don't just like, you know, give us this day our daily bread, right? And, and, and let's not just, you know, be satisfied with stories of what was. Let's have a heart that says, God, I want to be a part of your story. And, and to cultivate in me and do through me what you desire so that I can continue your story and not just admire the story that was already written. But help me to be picked up as a pen and continue to write your story. So, yeah, I'll pray. Let's pray. Come on, man. Father, I just pray you open up our ears and open up our hearts and open up our minds. God, I thank you right now for those who are listening that you're going to bring them into deeper realities and deeper understandings and deeper encounters. Thank you for cultivating in them what they need to be, have cultivated. I thank you, God, for bringing them in to where they inhabit things that maybe they haven't inhabited. Uh, victories, a rest, a peace, a joy. Mighty Holy Spirit, we love you. We pray that you move mightily right now and just bless these people. And I thank you for ushering them into uninhabited places where they can say they've inhabited them. I pray, Father, right now that you would bring humility into the church, a surrendering to the church. And I thank you for manifesting and cultivating the very things that the church needs in this season. Father, I lift up every listener and pray that you would just cultivate in them the very things that you have for them that they need. And Father, I thank you that this is the season that you're ushering us into greater realities, greater revelations, greater strategies. I pray for testimonies of that, God, to start to spring forth. And I thank you, God, that you're a good Father. Jesus, thank you for being such a good husband. And I thank you for ushering us into uh, the unknown, to where it's known. Thank you, Jesus, for ushering us into uncultivated places where they become cultivated. And I thank you, you never neglect us. And I thank you, Jesus, for ushering us into um, uninhabited places where they become inhabited by our presence. And, and, and more importantly, Jesus, the areas that you have yet to gain traction and that you have yet to inhabit in us. Inhab- we give you permission. We open the door, inhabit it. Amen. 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 Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I've been on the phone with Ryan Bastras. Ryan, thanks for joining us again. Thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. All right, everybody, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story. So write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com. Or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. 
This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guest are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. You've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters with your host, Paul Kendall. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KindleFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kendall for the use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kendall. If you're over 30 years old, you've seen a tremendous change in the media when it comes to morality. I remember when alcohol and tobacco companies couldn't even advertise on television, let alone be portrayed in the programs. I also remember the first time I heard the D word on television. My brother Roy and I gasped and expected the television to self-destruct. Nowadays, it's hard to watch television without hearing that and many other swear words used. There is a powerful saying that goes like this, What one generation tolerates in modesty, the next generation will celebrate in excess. Some of the things that your parents really didn't like but tolerated are now commonplace in your home. You have developed a new set of moral standards. Now, take it a step further. What you hesitantly tolerate could easily become commonplace in the homes of your children. So what can we do to preserve a wholesome quality of life for our children and our children's children? First of all, we can pick back up our guard and set a high standard for what we allow in our homes. You know, we allow people into our homes through our television sets that we would never allow through our front doors. So, go back to watching TV as a family, and when bad language or compromised morals come up in a program, you can not only change the channel, you can openly discuss why it's a negative influence. And you can do the same thing with movies, games, and music. Isn't it ironic that some of the most vulgar celebrities won't allow their own children to see or listen to their work? Yet millions of other parents allow their children to listen to it every day. Ask your children if they will allow their future children to view and listen to questionable material. When they say, not my baby, make them aware that they've just judged the material for themselves as your child. No matter what your childhood home was like, you can break the generational decline in morality by establishing godly values and standards in your home today. The worst thing that could happen is your son or daughter saying, Mom, Dad, I really don't think you should be watching this program. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall.